0: Hello and welcome to the 90 Minute Cynic. I'm Chris Gallagher. Um, so this is a little update. Just to so that you know, we won't be recording a free feed podcast until the 21st of January when Celtic have returned. However, for the next couple of weeks, we will be releasing Patreon-exclusive pods, giving everyone a taste of what we are doing on Patreon. In January, the Tier 3 subs will receive a podcast every day, including features, news, committees, quizzes, wars, a um, whole host of different things. Today's pod is a look at Celtic and European football. Um, it was a feature myself, Christian Wolf and Daniel McGowan got involved in. We look at where Celtic are, where European football is and where we think it's going to head to and how it's going to change if you'd like to sign up for our Patreon, it's patreon.com slash 90 cynic. There really is something for everyone, and today's pod is a little taste of what we're doing over there, so have a listen and enjoy. Hello and welcome to Focus On. I'm Christopher Gallar and I'm joined by Daniel McGowan. Hello, Daniel. Hello, Chris. How are you? I'm not too bad, how are you?
1: I'm good, thank you. Very well.
0: And also joined by the the man himself, it's Christian Wolf.
1: That's my name. Don't wear it out.
0: Yep.
2: And uh, I'm here. So I'm ready to talk about European football governance. So I'm pretty excited. Pretty excited. I'll probably cut some of this out at the beginning, just <laughs> cut right
0: into it. Um <laughs> Because whenever I ask Christian, whenever I introduce, there are certain people who just say, hi, I'm welcome. But Christian is like myself, and we try to have a wee cool intro, and it always falls on its ass. Off to a bad start. Or off to a bad No, no, you did well there. Thanks. Uh, so this is a um, focus on uh, European football governance, and how uh, essentially European football, the platform, and the, the plane of what European football is is changing, and will continue to change. Um, Christian this is something you've been looking into in quite good detail we've got some really good uh, notes and stuff uh, when I said last week about you know doing some new features you came came with this quite quickly what, what was your kind of thought behind it
2: so I've had this kind of weird thing for my whole life where I'm quite for some reason quite interested in the structure of football tournaments and leagues to the point where I'm actually had I was, I was quite young, has like, this is how we could restructure the Norwegian League. This is how we can do the World Cup. I don't know what it is. I guess some people have weird interests, looking at you two uh, here as well. So I've always kind of been interested in how football tournaments are organized and how you can reorganize it. One of the first things I did for the Cynics was, of yeah. course... A per- big proposal of how to restructure Scottish football, which was excellent, very very detailed. The, the very SFA good. took up a couple of things. I think you know they did the um, the league cup restructure. League cup yeah. that, that was Canada that was structures. me. I'm, yeah. I'm standing by that. <laughs> oh, wow. that was me. Registered <laughs> trademark. <laughs> 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 the other thing I'm in my, in my former job, um, which is like a big multinational company. Uh, because I got no principles as so long as you pay me um but to, you me know too. as as part of that as part of you know staying on on the side of the man, I was um part of that company 's european works council so i i 'll get back to what a European works Council is because it actually has slight relevance um to what we 're going to talk about, but some of the things they, they did there, so there essentially was a consultation body, and this company they had these things called new lens scenarios so in most businesses, if you go and speak to the leaders of this department, they say, okay, here's our short-term, here's our long-term planning, but it's never more than three or five years down the road. But they also had this specific department that just sat and looked at these lens scenarios of 40, 50, 60, 100 years into the future. You know, if our industry goes this way, this is one scenario. If our industry, if it goes this way, there's another scenario. So it's always one of those things I found really, really fascinating. So bringing my uh, two slightly weird interests together there, Ooh especially now when there's been a lot of talk about European super leagues how you know the Champions League might restructure as well what I wanted to look at is a bit where I based on what we know where I think European football will go in terms of a structure and um, in terms of how it will influence domestic leagues but also had to look at who's kind of driving these changes now because there's a lot of organizations and clubs mentioned and you know when these things come up and UF and so on, but actually researching it a bit a little bit it's 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 a bit more we'll get to it. it's it's not what I expected anyway. But but let me start with this, Daniel McGowan. The Champions League. Mm-hmm. Put him out twenty seven years old now. Which older is than me? Older. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> um so but do you like it as a tournament?
1: It's an interesting question because I think I'm more like what it should be than what it really is. Um, I, I think like a lot of people are, you know, more and more frustrated over the years at the, the concentration of places towards the, the top mm. leagues. And, I, you know, I understand, I guess, from a commercial perspective, why they do that, because like all things in 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 this sport, it's, you know a small pack that run ahead from the rest. So again, you know, there's a small pack of maybe four or five leagues that
2: are the leagues that the vast majority of football fans watch from an entertainment value and purely being interested in football. Mm -hmm. You think it's a really good tournament. I think it would, I think it is good, but
1: I think it would be more interesting and more varied
2: over the course of different seasons. If it was a bit more open to other leagues, Christopher Gallagher, you're you're almost as old as me, so you'll remember the European Cup.
0: Yeah,
2: you know the winners is in the European Cup. Um, if you had two teams from one country, it's because one of them won the last year. Yeah, would,
0: forest, you, would,
2: would you would you ever want to go back to that?
0: Uh, forest drew Liverpool that time.
2: Mm, they did. Forest um, won as well. Yeah, Forest
0: won. Um, you asked Daniel the question, and I'll come to the, what you just said there. Okay. Um, do you enjoy it? Um. I used to enjoy it. I, I really don't anymore, um, and that's to do with the disparity, and that's to do with the fact that you know, Ajax being a, a little bit of a, diff, you know, they're the the kind of exception um, from getting to the semi-finals last year. But it, it really, it's usually the same amount of same type of clubs. Uh, would I go back to a straight knockout? Fucking right, I would. And I tell you, what, if we if we could go back to a straight knockout, then one. L- one, one,
2: one, <laughs> one run one club per country
0: <laughs> yeah why not i mean that i mean that's complete fantasy. i spoke to my dad um podcast i did with my father and i talked about his uh the 1970 european cup final where celtic lost to feynard yeah and i talked about that run and i said you know when you were going into that tournament it was three years after lisbon you must have gone into it thinking that you had a chance and he, his reply was we didn't go in thinking we had a chance we went in thinking we were going to win it like we we had, our expectation was Celtic would win the European Cup. Right. I've never had that expectation. Very few people probably have. We've got to semi finals and stuff, but it's just so, uh, yeah, the disparity in terms of money and yeah. all that means we get no chance.
2: Because it's interesting what you say that because you say, I don't like the way the Champions League are going, essentially, both of you say. And I think probably one of the reasons is because clubs like Celtic, they're just not seen as, you know, former. A club who could realistically, even just 40 years ago, have a realistic chance to win it, seems to be totally far away now. And all the development seems to be that it'll just push a club like Celtic further and further away. What if I said that it's going the way you think it is, but that it actually might benefit Celtic? Would, would, would 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 you do that deal with the devil? And I'll come back to how I think that might happen.
1: Well, I think I mean my answer to your question was attempting to not look at this from the point of view of of being a Celtic fan and I think and I think we'll get to this in, in greater detail, but I think Celtic are in quite an odd and unique position uh, in this whole potential scenario that could happen in the next five or six years, uh, a, a potentially beneficial scenario to Celtic. But I just think from from the point of view as you know me as football fan, Stepping away from club allegiances, I, I think it's it's a healthier competition for having more influences from different leagues, from, you know, like to get deep into it, from different cultures and different areas. I think that it's, it can only be a better competition for that. Would you sacrifice the, the solo
2: football for Celtic having a shot ch- at the European Cup again?
0: I'm working on a thing with Martin Friel, and it's about what Celtic should stand for as a club. Yeah. And Celtic should stand up against stuff like this. Okay. So you know selfishly if you said if if you gave me a yes or no I don't know how I would actually answer but <laughs> essentially Celtic should be looking for a level playing field for everyone okay
2: so just to give a little context of what what's happening in European football now so there is an agreed calendar which ends in 2024 that's essentially UEFA Saying, you know, these other dates will play international football, you know, in terms of club football, national team football, in terms of UEFA competitions. Um, but already now, there's discussions about what will happen after 2024 because they're bringing in a new UEFA conference sorry, the UEFA Waxhall Conference League. From, <laughs> nice. from
0: just from British football fans' perspective, <laughs> that's no good marketing
2: in 2021. But that is kind of different because that'll just be played on the same dates. So we'll get back to the Conference League actually a little bit and how it can impact Celtic. But that's essentially just okay, this is a new term. We'll play it on first days. It's the same days. The calendar is a lot more drastic because it essentially says this is the days we play club football, European club football. And the people who's what's kind of been aired and what's the kind of rumours is that this shadowy organisation called ECA, European Club Association, chaired by a true villain, uh, Andrea Zagnelli from that most evil of clubs, Juventus. (laughs) I'm just looking at Chris because he's a Yuba fan. (laughs) Um, So when you hear about this as a news, it's like the ECA wants essentially, uh, you know, they've kind of making these public. We want new principle for a pyramid structure in European football club competition. So promotion and relegation, but they will be based on sporting meritocracy and historical privilege and not historical privilege. So you know, it's not going to be a close shop. Um but we're going to we're going to put we are going to change something. Um and this it's got a lot of people's back And I think a part of it is, you know, when you hear like, oh, it's a Juventus chairman that goes out and says, "Oh, this is what we want to do," and the ECA is, is in itself sounds like just a bunch of big clubs getting together and trying to influence UEFA, and that's, honestly, like, curiously, grants at the news. That's kind of my impression of them as well. Um, what were they called before?
0: Remember there was well, the, the, the of 21? The G14. G14, yeah. that's it.
2: So the G14 was essentially that. That was just 14 elite clubs. It wasn't recognized by UEFA, but it was kind of like an interest organization. But ECA has actually been around for 11 years. And it's, and when I started to look into it, as I said, I was kind of part of these European works councils. And what they essentially are is it's, it's an EU directive. I'm sorry. This is really sexy talk when you get into EU directives, <laughs> um, but essentially, it's it's a way of um, if you have a multinational company that has employees in more than two countries, and you essentially then have to, or the employees can ask for European Works Council, which essentially, if you do changes in that company that affects employees in more than one country, you have to consult with the European Works Council, and it's structured in a certain way, and it's you know, it has certain membership criteria and functions. That actually, when I looked into it, mirrors very closely what the European uh, Club Association is and its relationship with UEFA. So the more I look into that is that this ECA is almost like it's, it's officially recognized by UEFA, the only club organization that they will consult with when it comes to these changes. And that's literally in... Their memorandum of understanding, as it's called, that we have a deal that when we make changes to UEFA calendar or everything, we will consult with. with the council. It's kind of like a company consulting with its employees. These clubs have slightly more power than we had in my company, but that's essentially what it is. It's a very structured way, and it's actually a lot more democratic than I thought it was. So you kind of go, it used, be, yeah. it used to be 14 elite clubs. There's now 232 clubs in this. I mean, there's three from San Marino, for crying yeah. out loud. So And five and, from Scotland. And five from Scotland. And the way to do it, like really, really quickly, I'm not going to get too much detail, but you have ordinary members. And the ordinary members is essentially you have a certain amount of clubs per country um, based on the coefficient. And then you have um, essentially, and there's certain criterias there, you know, and for example, Scotland's got five, And that's based on the coefficient of those clubs in that period. So for Scotland, it's Celtic, Rangers, Hearts, Modwell and Aberdeen. Um, And then you have association clubs, which is essentially a club like Liverpool hasn't, in the last time, didn't qualify as an ordinary member because they weren't in the top six coefficient uh, in England. But there's certain criteria as if you can apply to get in, essentially. So Liverpool becomes an ordinary member. Ordinary members have a voting um, privilege, we have association members as well so you can apply to become an association member of this uh, group and um, certain criteria and so on and um, and there's you go on the website and you can see kind of what criterias you have but essentially it's so the democratically you have a members from all the clubs it's not just an elite clubs it's, it's a tree from san marino 234 clubs they're like kind of divided into working groups. Where one group looks at you know competition, one looks at finance, one looks at marketing. There's lots of like expert panels, so clubs can get like uh, financial advice, legal advice. This is all
1: too good to be true. Like, what's the yeah, catch? Well, well, well I, the this thing. is so, what this is what I wanted to ask yeah. you because, and and I think that you know you could provide more of the detail you want to in my in your answer to this. It strikes me that obviously the G14 wasn't recognised by UEFA. Yes. Now the ECA is, which tells me that UEFA wanted greater representation of clubs before they recognised the
2: body. I think UEFA would never get away with consulting with the 14 biggest clubs. Mm-hmm. So, a structure. From a PR
1: perspective or from a I practical mean. perspective?
2: Yeah, but, well, yes, I, I think probably from its member states, because if you want to be high up in UEFA, you're not just going to need the votes from Germany, yeah. England, Italy. You're going to need them from San Marino, Andorra, and so on. Mm-hmm. So you need to put something in place that shows that you know we we have the best interests of everybody. But mm-hmm. UEFA also has another interest: is in saying if they they need to keep the top twenty clubs on board as well. And you know, at the <laughs> yeah. same course, time, yeah. because if they go, nah, we're going to leave. Eh, what's left of UEFA? So, do you, in your view, from having studied this
1: structure quite closely, where is, is there a degree to which you think it's lip service being paid to, to being a properly representative body? Or do you think it genuinely is checks and balanced it, It's properly? a lot
2: more checking balances than the G14. It's officially of represented. It has a structure of how you become a member. Who's a member? It's, it's a certain fudges. So you get Liverpool and entering that AC Milan in by, ah, because they've won go. five oh, European here here titles. Um, no
0: historical thing though?
2: But, but every two years. No so So for example, much. if Motherwell drops out of um, the top five coefficient in, in Scotland, another club will come in from Scotland and, and become a member. And there's obviously, for these clubs, they have an incredible network. They have, you know, access to all these, you know, expertise and advice, and, and they're on the table. You know, their club officials probably get like a few nice trips, to be honest. So it's all kind of, it's almost, it's not a union, but it's, it's very much an organization f- for all these kind of clubs. Now, and obviously, but the important thing is this is the group that UEFA consult with officially legally binding so when you know you man Agnelli from juventus comes and say these things it kind of sounds like you know this is a, a group of clubs meeting in the back room a smoky room deciding you know uh, conspiracy theories or how they're going to break away it's not like that he's the head of this huge organization officially recognized and UEFA need to come to them to discuss things so, so so there's just kind of who they're actually talking to. But you said there, Daniel, in terms of, if you look at the board.
0: Who's on the board? Who's on the board? Because that kind of tells you the, the power Suck structure the as well.
2: <laughs> and it, but they voted for for two different years. So you got Agnelli, is, is Juventus is obviously the, the chairman. Um, Jimenez from Real Madrid, Fandesar Ajax. Uh, it's a guy from Warsaw. It's someone from Finland. You know, like the Finnish guys again. But Ed Woodward is in it. You uh, can from AC Milan. Paris Saint-Germain. Barcelona is on it. Uh, Benfica. Bayern Munich. Lyon. Malmo. Malmo. And, and 1P Lowell from Celtic Football Club is also on the board of this extremely powerful influencing body. Sensing a lot of heated dry plays no, no. we'll, we'll, that board. We'll get back yeah. to Mr Lowell. Yeah. So, and the source. He's there, hey, by the
0: way going, <laughs> to, going to stop with the pyro. Um, I I mean, stop slagging us off with pyro because we like
2: it. See, if, if Peter is worried <laughs> about those fines, I mean, just take a two percent pay cut. That's, yeah, this uh, this is to do know, with okay. European football, but essentially, yeah, okay. <laughs> why
0: why don't you if if you know if if you just because UEFA say it's bad doesn't necessarily mean it's bad. Why don't you challenge them on it? Why don't you actually come and say, well, can we actually see work the next board? It? I mean,
2: ECA. Well, I was Peter gonna say just bring up. No that's pyro, no party. Aye, no, no you can change no that. That's but, but That's a joke, but that's literally what you could do. No,
0: no, yeah, I'm, I'm being serious. This though. is
2: an organization representing the clubs. If all those clubs went together saying, look, we want pyro. Yeah. Let's do it safe. I yeah, will go. Sure, no problem. We, they don't yeah. care. They just want money. <laughs> exactly. So there's there's, so, well, there's been a lot of heat. So ECA represents 244 clubs. Remember that. When someone like Agnelli comes and say, "Look, we would like a pyramid structure. That'd be great." And probably not everybody all those clubs agree with that, but he is saying it as a head of not some shady club, but this officially recognised club that covers so many clubs in Europe. He is the head of a shady club as well. <laughs> <laughs> Just I'm not denying it. You know, so there's a lot of heat. So there's a lot of people coming out. Like um, you have the European League Association, uh, European Leagues, which is especially an organisation that. Uh, all the different leagues comes together so and they have you know he says they're very opposed to this because obviously they are scared of a european super league and more european football and um, you had you know the um, there was recently it was the um, head of the bundesliga he said you know reinhard raubol which is an amazing name uh saying you That's know good. this the, these eca proposals would destroy national leagues um, he did acknowledge that some reforms are needed, and the Premier League is against this as well. Of course, says. they are. Of well, course. They so,
1: are. so I, I had to add a question yeah. for you about this. So um, the the two leagues that sort of had to combine the combined opposition with the Premier League and On the Bundesliga, Liga. which I find interesting, given you know the Bundesliga had a fairly recent reboot and restructure. And but well, remember, this is the leagues; it's
2: not the clubs. No, no. I, of, course, know, so, of course, of no, course. Yeah. No, no,
1: no. I appreciate that. Like, I, I'm go- that's what I was going to say. I was going to say the Bundesliga have this uh, had. This structure that was fairly recently implemented in terms of you know, the history of the sport. Yeah. And the Premier League, I think it's fair to say, are doing pretty well from a financial perspective. Is that, do you think that's potentially why these are the two leagues that have stringently opposed?
2: I, I think they were worried about what might happen. But I think as the ECA, what they come out with is a negotiation position what the leads come out with is a negotiation position as almost ever with big european organisations like eu there's always a compromise and there'll be a lot said on probably not brexit but there's a lot said on both sides but they get to a point where they kind of agree on something i'll i'll kind of explain why i think is why um, Agnelli was actually in the media yesterday saying that european football cannot survive against new competitors like fortnite for young people's attention oh, so we need Christ. to restructure the champions league to do that i did write really next to that in <laughs> <on> my notes <laughs> but C- can i make one I'll quick go. point um in
0: terms of alter i when i was y- y- you know in, in the 90s and all that when there wasn't as much um you know the tv deals weren't as big so stv uh had the champions league and you could only watch mm-hmm. rangers or blackburn or rangers mm-hmm. and manchester united um Essentially, I watched every single game. I gobbled it up because there wasn't other than Serie a on the on on the Sunday. That's what you'd watch. Now, when there's an opportunity to watch anything, I don't.
1: Oh, no. well, I know. Well, I'm not to go away too much, but I wrote an article about this on one of the cynical oh, so editions did, yeah. a I couple of years ago right, yeah. about there being too much choice. I'll,
2: I'll put a link, kind of but
0: thing. but that too much choice does just make you think. Oh, fucking, what's the point? If Celtic aren't in the Champions League, I don't really watch it anymore.
2: Well, if if you think there's too many games now, yeah. <laughs> hold on. So, but just a quick word on the Europa Conference League. Um, so, essentially, this will come into place from 2021. It will be played on first days. And that mic, you in, in in the mic, please. Um, and essentially, it's and you might have seen this in in you know in in the media as well. Um, it's it'll essentially left to the national association to decide the criteria of earning a place. So, so in England. Uh, it gets to the Carabao Cup winner, but essentially, what it does is makes the Europa League more exclusive. So essentially, <laughs> only nations it ranked doesn't well only nations ranked 15 or higher in the coefficient table will be granted access to Europa League. Celtic, as the probably you know winner of the Scottish uh, Premiership for the next 20 years, probably 45, uh, 45, um, will have a chance to go into the Champions League. So clubs from countries ranked lower than 15 will have a chance to go into champions league but if they don't do that they go into the conference league what yes and clubs like plankton like rangers and, and hearts if they qualify for europe they will go into the or well, they will try and qualify for the conference league if scotland is below 15th no so, yes
0: pass off mm-hmm. what no one told me that <laughs>
2: oh, i'm you're not on the ECA, that's no. why.
0: Um, so we will just drop, uh, unless we're in the top 15, we'll just drop into the... That's the proposal.
2: So so, so unless right, you qualify for okay. the Champions League, you don't get into the Europa League, you get into the Didi League. Do, do we have to qualify for the Diddy League? I think it's the same as the playoff, yeah. so if you get to the playoff of champions League, you drop in or, or sort we could win that though' that's the <laughs> we could the, so uh, a base of uh, european countries am I,
1: am I right in saying that the Europa League is essentially becomes the sort of the the competition for your fifth and sixth place teams in the top leagues it's a Cup Winners' cup that so, so it's thing.
2: going from forty eight teams to thirty two as well so that's why they're cutting out mm-hmm. the Didi leagues sure um but keep that in mind what's going to come next so here's some presumption, here's some lens scenario for myself, here's some assertions. I don't think a European Super League will ever happen in terms of it will never replace the national leagues because I think it's purely a negotiation tool when they talk about that because, and it's purely financial. Why would you have one, for example, a club like, say, Manchester United, um, a lot of TV money from the Premier League. Yeah. Why would they want to go, I don't want the Premier League TV money. I want the European League money. What they essentially is looking for is earning more money from the domestic League and more money from the European leagues. That's
0: very cynical because it's all about money according to you. That's no good.
2: Look, that's, it, no, that's not right. But that's, that's what will happen. You know. So, he doesn't and, really get sarcasm, think, does he? <laughs> um, he does. But I, I see like, the top four or five leagues in, in Europe, I kind of see them like majors in golf or tennis. That these are huge tournaments. These are prestigeful tournaments for any footballer. So why a footballer wouldn't want to compete in, say, the La Liga and European competitions, I, I just don't think I don't think a, a European Super League will ever happen, Chris Gallagher. Uh, As could, in terms of not playing domestic football.
0: So the European Super League has been mooted since about nineteen ninety two, just before the Champions League. And the it Cha- never happens. Do you know yeah. why? Well the Champions League the Reform in 92 was exactly. to placate, you know, the, the G14 pulling away for the same thing
2: 27 years later, same thing
0: happening I, absolutely. However, what I would and, and I, I, you know, I've thought about it because you asked me just before we started, Jenk, it'll happen. And you know, since we've been talking here, you know, going back and forth, it wasn't that long ago that the Bundesliga almost went kaput, mm-hmm. um, you know, Bayern Munich given. Borussia Dortmund, you know, loans. Hertha Berlin going right to the wall and almost going out of business. That was two thousand and one, which wasn't really that long ago. I'm not going. I'm not saying that the same thing's going to happen in England, because we we just don't know. But there is always that chance that everything falls off. And you know popularity yeah. drops, and you know you know have you, how many times can you really watch Bournemouth versus Crystal Palace before you get genuinely get bored? So you know Sheffield United are now in the Premier League, and that's that's absolutely no diss to Sheffield United at all. There's no diss to the the, the you know Sheffield or anything. but what it is saying is it's not the most attractive games of football. So what I'm saying
2: is never rule it out. I agree with you. I think that. Part of the reason why, well, there's a couple of reasons um, why people want, why clubs, the big clubs, I say now, want to make more money from the Champions League is so I think there is a plateau now in terms of TV money yeah. in the current product. And when I talk a lot about this, I talk a lot about in a reference to the, um, to the English Premier League. But that's because I think they are the most powerful. And I think they are the one who will push for this the most simply because you have what people see as six huge clubs and you've got lots of investors who want to get into those top six, but there's not enough spaces. And even a club like United, where part of the issue, so, so you have, especially US sports owners and also different investors that want to come into the Premier League because they want some of the Premier League money, um, Part a lot of them are scared because you have relegation. So if you go and get a club like Leicester or even a Bournemouth or, or so on, Put a lot of money in, but if you have a bad season, your money's away, and which not, isn't a concept in a lot of like Amer- yeah, American, American sports. Is, you, you, no you don't have it yeah. for say American owners of Liverpool. You're never going to get relegated. But what you could do, and what happened is you don't get into the Champions League, which is also a huge amount of money. So that's kind of uh, in a way of, of you know you, you wouldn't even have that in American sports. book in for American sports, put all your money together, you're never going to lose it. Uh, there's no relegation. So. As you say, I think there's a couple of things going on in terms of how do you make more money from the European leagues, European competitions, but also make more money from the domestic leagues. So quite cynically, when you look at it, if for the start with the domestic leagues, or even start with Europe, how are you gonna make more money? You play more games. Yeah. Simple as that, because if you play more games you have more TV games. More TV games means a bigger package, means more money. But do you think that there's going to be a plateau on that, though? I think you'll get. I mean, these people are looking for money, and and that will. If you had, say, for example, and and what been muted a lot is, you'll have a Champions League instead of having eight groups of four, you have four groups of eight. So you go from six guaranteed games to fourteen. Right, you got eight more games. That's going to be a huge, much bigger TV package. You're probably going to put games on Saturdays. You get more money. The first couple of TV deals are going to be a lot higher. It's the same amount of clubs. Okay? What, what about
0: mean? what happened, though, when we had the second group stage in the Champions League? Yeah. It, it, it didn't work. It didn't work. It absolutely didn't work. You were qualifying from one group to get into another only group.
2: Had, you had, yeah, you had six more guarantees games. Yeah. That's true. It didn't
0: work it, it, and they took it away because people were getting bored. Well, that's oh, it. It there's a gonna, balance yeah. to be
2: struck there yeah. between quantity and quality. Obviously, there's yeah. a kid But but and, and from this perspective, I'm not saying this is going to make it a better competition. I'm just saying, oh, no, I yeah. think it's going to happen because that's the. This isn't your. That's going to have the most amount of money for it. Yeah, but but they obviously need to consider as well. Well,
1: in the long run, will this have the most amount of money? Because what will it do to the product? Because it is important that in their
2: eyes, that the product is good enough for people. To actually he said the word product. It. We're gonna to get to the product. He's got his hand
0: up again. To, I actually, I'm raising my hand. <laughs> my class. Um, what I can see happening to raise more funds and to generate more money is potentially, like what the NFL are doing with games in, in London, a group being based in America. Have you Have you read my notes? Have no, you, you I, don't, I don't ever read your notes. <laughs> We're gonna
2: get there. I have, as them, you say, I, Okay, so European football, Shut more up. is more because play more games, you can have a bigger TV package, you still have the same amount of teams. You can make the product um, better, and we'll get to that. But in domestic leagues, if you think about it, if you're adding eight games to your European calendar, there simply isn't eight more dates to play on. So what do you do? If you're the Premier League, and you're a big club, eight more games in Europe will get you a lot more money. What you're going to do is, tell you what, let's go from 20 teams... To sixteen. You'll play eight less games. You'll have the same amount of TV money because you still televise the same amount of games because not all the games are televised. You theoretically you have a better product because you've got sixteen teams. You'll have 16 teams you will have 4 teams, it's not there, and you'll have four less clubs, which means more money for each club. Scum. Very simple. eight scum. games out of the domestic league, make you say, make the product better, get more money, put those eight games into Europe, make more money. It's uh, it's when you look, I think it's very simple, and that's where this is going. To go back
1: to what we talked about earlier, with the the transition from G14 to ECA, and and what I was asking you about whether you think it is actually genuinely checked and balanced and fairly democratic structure. One, I think. Outcome of this scenario that you paint, where there you know there are more group games, and it is that actually the dominant teams? And this is a purely in a competitive yeah. and a footballing sense. The the best teams, the dominant teams, the teams with the best squad and the best resources, always do better. The closer you are to a league format, the closer you are to having more Absolutely. games in a group structure rather than one-off knockout games, we always talk about it with yeah. the Celtic, you, know, you never know what can happen in one knockout game, in a cup game the closer you get to a bigger and bigger league structure so if you move from 6 games in a group to 14 games in a group yeah. the more likely it is that the teams with the most resources will dominate, so that is like a kind of
2: subversive no, doorway for them to dominate. They, they will dominate but also I think where this is going is you, they want to get to a point where the Champions League is the top of a league pyramid. It's essentially the top division. The Europa League. So essentially they'll introduce a promotion and relegation. So every year you have... We'll start with year zero a bit later on how they're going to do the first Champions League that way. But essentially you go four groups of eight. Maybe the bottom team in each one goes straight down to the Europa League. And the semi-finalists of the Europa League that year goes up. And then maybe the second bottom in the group has a playoff against is, the losing quarterfinals. This is the nation's league, exactly. And I think that's exactly what it is because I think that's who's behind the nation's league, UEFA. I think this, that's just a test scenario. That's how we're going to structure this because what you do is you, as you say, league format, much chances for the bigger teams to succeed. But also, if you have relegation promotion, even if Manchester United has to start in the third tier. In a couple of seasons, they've been in the Champions League and they'll probably almost never, ever fall out of the Champions League. So uh, that's where I think it's going. But you kind of said, uh, Dan... Unless about,
0: they've got Ole Gunnar Solskjaer as the manager.
2: Hey! Very good. No but, way. But, Enjoyed again, the, the like, the, but you said uh, uh, the brand. Right. So, mm-hmm. so, so what, how I see it is that I think you might even end up with four divisions. I think you'll have a pyramid structure, Champions League, Europa League, Conference League. I think those three top ones... The Vanarama National Europa League conference. They will just be based on who gets relegated and who gets promoted. You might then, if it's the conference league or fourth league, that will be the only competition you can get into purely from a domestic uh, performance. Mm-hmm. So, so you, you can so qualify. The
1: domestic leagues are below the fourth tier of European football. That's how you vision. get in. So if you and want to get, get the get Champions
2: in. League, <laughs> you have to start in the fourth division okay. and you have to try and get to the semifinals. That's how I think they were going to do it eventually. But you said about the product partly the thing that big clubs don't like is that you'll always have quote unquote big clubs that's not going to be in the Champions League especially relevant in England. So for example, and, you know this in Champions League this isn't you don't have an Arsenal you don't have United AC Milan is not in it Roma is not in it huge names mm-hmm. absolutely you know brands if you want to call them that even Celtic we'll get back to Celtic but I also think Celtic as much as I know Martin Friel is, is you know dead against these kind of things and and I also think Celtic should be a certain thing. Celtic is a huge brand Celtic Park on a European night with the Pyro, there's not many sites like that. You know, Celtic has a unique it's much as pain me to say a brand like that. Top clubs would love to have Celtic in the Champions League purely for that kind of spectacle and how it looks on TV. So but how do you kind of ensure that those all those big clubs gets into the Champions League Well, you put a promotional relegation structure in place and they'll and you put it, you probably do something with um, the quotas. So you want to have you can you can only have four teams in the Champions League. You probably put it out maybe six or eight teams. Mm-hmm. So if say if England had six teams and still an English team won the Europa League or qualified you, you know one of them might drop down but. I think they'll even put aside eight teams per country. But they'll make a way of essentially make sure you have, structure it in the pyramid form to get all the big teams in. And then two, three seasons, all the big teams, because it's a league format, will rise to the top and that you'll almost never, ever have any. So
0: no, no but, but the, the problem with that, right, is that essentially when you do it in a way that structures it so that the top teams are making more money than everyone else,
2: well, you also have a So they're in the yeah, top league That's are going make more money. So what's the difference? But there's there's a couple of things. There's you probably they're going to have four European competitions. So you probably say to, you know, clubs, look, you, there's a bit a lot of chance to do that. And it's also that always that kind of American dream scenario saying, look, this is open for everybody now. Technically England's not guaranteed a single Champions League place you know, they can only have eight, but technically if all of them fell out, five teams from San Marino could work themselves up. It's kind of like American dream uh, scenario. It uh, it just authors? like the it's like it's American dream. Like, Just if you work hard enough, you'll rise to the top. Yeah. So I'm going to go ahead
1: and assume that all the
2: richest clubs in Europe will redistribute
1: their wealth. Yeah, of course it. they will. <laughs> when,
2: when Bernie Sanders gets uh, a yeah. UEFA job. But essentially it's, it's a way of it's also a compromise to say they always will hang this negoci- negotiation tool over everybody saying, we can just split and you'll have fuck all money because we'll all take it so this is a compromise and that's that's how the champions league came in
1: yeah you know i
0: I don't i get what the picture you're painting on paper sounds like an opportunity but like vince mcmahon he gives you opportunities (laughs) but you know how hard is it to actually go and grab that brass ring because essentially we're still going to be the, the money that's going to keep we're not going to make any more money Really?
1: Well, the top clubs wouldn't do this if it wasn't a case of them getting more money.
0: Could we get into the? Could we, uh, Daniel? Could we get into the top tier that's being proposed by Christian? Currently, we can't get into the Champions but, League.
2: But well, let me. I've there's a lot of talks. Like so, we can. We, we talk a lot about the top leagues. I've kind of looked at okay, how would this? What would this mean for leagues like Scotland, which have 38 games, but where? A lot of the clubs wouldn't be able to be guaranteed fourteen European games and so on. So, um, I've kind of set up a lot of that. I'm not going to go through it all, but Celtic, especially, if you think of a logical perspective, if Celtic's got pretty much 44, um, yeah, 44 guaranteed league and group stage matches if to get a group stage. If the Scottish Leagues went to 30 games and Celtic always had a European competition, they would have 14 games in Europe. So you guaranteed group stage games in Europe would go from 13% of all Celtic's games to 32% of the games. So suddenly you're playing one third of your guaranteed league matches in Europe. That in South Forest Celtic is a big sell for players and for money, I think. But you you're talking about you're talking about this pyramid structure, and you say well how what happens in year zero and there's been a kind of a lot of talk of this about oh this is going to be based on maybe the three four last year of Champions League qualification, you know maybe you know historical clubs like Manchester United we'll bring them in as well but if you put in together a pyramid structure, it's never going to be a case of okay, see twenty, twenty four, twenty five. That's going to decide who's in the new Champions League on top of the pyramid structure. They're not going to do that. Instead, they're going to do have some sh- sort of fudge where they try to get as many of the top teams in as possible from year one. So there's always a few things you can They'll do. They'll essentially
1: that. pick their teams and work backwards from there. So, so how do you do that?
2: So how do you try and promote, How do you try and pre- sell this? Um, Recent recent success. Recent success is one, but people might say... Oh, we're gupped. (laughs) But recent success, I don't think would clubs go for that. I think they'll say, look, say Europa League, um, Conference League, so, well, recent success, or even last year's. I think for the Champions League, they might maybe do something more radical. They could do, and I had a look at this, they could say, look, see all the winners of the European Cup in history, plus all the finalists, that have qualified for the Champions League in the last five years, even just a criteria like that, that would give you pretty much every single of the top clubs. If maybe you added a caveat saying any domestic league winner in the top five leagues within the last three years that haven't won the European Cup but haven't gone to the final, you'll come in as well. Essentially, who who you would get then is the winners that would qualify, Real Madrid, Barcelona, Liverpool, United, Chelsea, Juventus, AC Milan, Inter Milan, Bayern Munich, Dortmund, Maché, Benfica, Porto, Ajax, PSV, Feyenoord, Celtic.
0: Are we going to just go over how In you, how you start, said Marseille there?
2: Or is that? Marseille. 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 Okay. That's a very Norwegian pronunciation of Marseille. Um, so essentially, it's, it's essentially bollocks
1: just to get... The teams that you want, and because in, I mean, the, in the way some way, they're going to do something bollocks
2: to get the teams they want. Yeah, because
1: this this kind of idea of you know all, all the European, everyone who's ever won the European Cup, um, so you get in those, history, so plus those, some league winners, plus like these other teams that haven't really done it, and, but we want them. Mm, can, mm. can I jump in for yeah. a second?
0: Yeah. Um, see if you do win the, the European Cup at any point in your history, or you have won it. It puts you on a different level. Exactly. It it really does. So that's, that's why clubs like Aston Villa and Nottingham Forest have something that a club like Rangers will never have. Yeah. If you win the European Cup, in my opinion, it sets you apart from everyone else.
2: So I think you have a day ECH you have a might go, look, this is a good mix because you get three Dutch teams, you've got a Scottish team, you've got a Serbian team. Now, you have four winners that wouldn't make it. Forest, Aston Villa, Hamburg and stierberg because none of them make <laughs> four qualified. <laughs> but then, see, there's some clubs missing there. So he's like, we oh, well, we'll bring the finalists in as well. Um, Tottenham Arsenal Atletico Madrid Valencia Roma Leverkusen München Gladbach Monaco Malmö and Bruges um, and then eight finalists that wouldn't make it Sampdoria Leeds Saint-Etienne Panathinaikos Partizan Belgrade, Frankfurt Fiorentina
1: so these are finalists in the history of the European Cup I'm not buying that I'm not, that, not buying the finalists
2: there's the, two clubs there that wouldn't make it but have won the league in the top five league the last I'm five not, years I'm, I'm, not buying I'm not sure Man City and PSG I'm not, this is my I think the they probably won't get exactly, that, but they make a fudge but like I think, that Yeah, somehow. exactly. I don't think this is what necessarily they would do, but I think your point. I is think that a lot of this will be just nonsense. But this has been. To get the but right this is. Out. I mean, it's the the scenario that Celtic might be invited to the first edition of this new Champions League because they are a past winner. that's been the media. That's speculation, and I think that might just happen. So. If it's as fundamental as all the winners, because how can you say that Celtic should be in it and not Red Star Belgrade? Mm-hmm. Well, obviously Celtic's a much bigger brand, but they can't say that openly. Yeah. <laughs> it's unfortunate. Uh-huh. So that is my, I think, might happen. So, and it would give you if you added the league winners that like I said, you get City and PSG in as well. So that kind of comes back to the question that if this was the scenario, if from twenty twenty four twenty five they said. This is a new Champions League. It's a pyramid structure. You know who's going to start on it? It's all the winners, including Celtic. What would you say, Dan McGavin? Uh, Huge boost to the club. I know. Huge money. Incredible tool in terms of recruiting players. Champions League 2024-25, pyramid structure. We're going to put Celtic in the top one. You got a couple of DD teams there, so you might actually avoid relegation as well. It is one of those things where you're going to play eight less eight less games in your in Scotland as well? I mean, aside from
1: my, I, I mean, you know, aside from Celtic's interest, I, I, I do have concerns over the damage that that would do to the domestic leagues and the teams that aren't. Competing That's the Celtic in this structure. Fan. From a Celtic perspective, I think it's better to be at the top table with a modicum of influence, oh, which is very, oh, here very. Oh, we go. It's turning. It's turning. <laughs> it's a Remainer oh, chat there, very. but it is better to be at the top table. It's better to be in the tent pissing out.
2: <laughs> and I mean, say the tent, soaking wet. Christopher know. Gallagher, do you have any morals left? If you said Celtic Champions League 2024 25, you're starting at the top of a pyramid. We might, hey, you might never drop out. Okay. You, you, a few years, more TV money, less. You don't have to play in Scotland that much. You can get better players. You can't. Is there a scenario there where Celtic can win the European Cup again?
0: Yeah, well, there's a scenario where Celtic can, you know, you know, build on something and get more. You know commercial contracts. I'm not finished yet, now. <laughs> commercial contracts um, and improve in terms of what we've got on the pitch. However, I've said this from the. I've said this for for a while. Celtic could make a massive statement by just sticking their hand up and saying nope. And I think you know we talk about what our Celtic is a football mm-hmm. club. What do we want them to be? Do if, if we talk about more than a football club? We talk about our, you know our foundations of how we were started. You either believe in that and you actually take take a hard bite at it or you don't and you just slide in the back door like with Daniel with his bourgeois fucking jacket and his I, crown and eating his caviar and I, you walk in holding hands it's, with... It's, it's, can I make the point? Can I make the point? Okay, that you make
1: that a that point. My, my reason for that, as ah, I did explain, is it is better to be at that top table where they make the decisions rather than excluding yourself and having no just, influence no, no, whatsoever. No, fuck
0: it, fuck it. Why don't we go and try and make Scotland better?
1: Right, okay. no,
0: no, 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 No. But, but my, my point being we can't complain about European football and how it's unfair and but, then get in the back door to the top because we've done but, something in our past. I don't think that's particularly fucking moral well, uh, or ethical. I mean, if, if
2: that shouldn't be the way that it's In, in terms yeah. of this new structure as well, though, there is an argument to say if you have four European competitions, e- even five, essentially what you're saying, if, if you play Eight less games in your domestic competitions, or less games, and you play more in a European competition, that might not be the worst thing for Scottish football.
0: Why? How, how does it improve the league?
2: Well, you improve the league because you play less <laughs> oh, games. Come but on. but, 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 but te- theoretically, you will maybe meet bigger, better teams, but you, you'll maybe have to adapt your playing style more because you, you're facing European competition. It's not just stopping the, in the same... What's the one, one of the big arguments for having a smaller
1: Scottish league, and I know... I, what was your proposal back in, in that, what we talked about that article earlier? Was it 16 I, teams? I was 16 was teams, yeah. Okay, so that would actually match up with this 30-game season that mm-hmm. you're talking about. One of the big things that, that a lot of clubs say uh, is that they want a smaller league because they want... Uh, more guarantees of playing the bigger teams, essentially yeah. having Celtic and Rangers come and you know, ticket money like that, getting more television games yeah. for that reason. Um, I'm interested in how this that would impact, the, I, the reduction of games would impact exactly. the teams and that aren't
2: in European competition. If, if this pyramid structure come in, and it might very well do that, because we're talking 2024 here, the clubs that Uf- the club association that UFI is consulting with and we decide together with this, has gone out and said, this is kind of what we want might well have. What I think will happen at that point is because these clubs, are, these clubs are never happy. So if that would go in place, I think over a couple, two, three years, you will have. There's a system there, I and mean, we won't go too much into this because it's probably a whole other podcast. But essentially, what happens is, is promotion relegation. So if you know if Chelsea is in the Champions League, no matter how they do in the Premier League, you know they'll be able to to stay there, or they can get relegated. But they also have. There's teams. That you so, and then you know, technically, all the elite clubs will go up there, have the product that they want, blah blah blah. There's also um a scenario there where you can create what I would essentially call a league place instead of a team place. So, UEFA can say, Look, hey, um, you know, um, South America, you'll see the winners of the Copa Libertadores every year, we'll give you a place you can start in the Europa League, and if you know, if Santos plays it, and if they get promoted to the Champions League, the winner of the Copa Libertadores next year, you get to start in the Champions League. They could say that to Christopher Gallagher, the winner of MLS, to get to the American market. Say, let's see if you win the MLS. Why don't you start in the Conference League? So every year, the winner of the MLS goes in. We can go and play some games there. Hey, the Asian champions, why don't you get them to start in the Conference League? So it's not the team... So you, you can change the team every year.
0: So European football essentially will stop. Will won't exist. Over you start world. bringing in teams. From I'd abroad. love.
1: I'd love to hear
0: what FIFA would have to say. But it's like what do you call it? It's, it's like and money talks. It's like the hurricanes when they used to go the hurricanes.
2: But that's a way go go, of like is it's never going to stop. But I think what you'll get, and you say, what's in it for the smaller leagues, and what's in for the smaller leagues. So I think you might have a scenario when this is in place where you ever to go to countries, say, say the Nordics, the Balkans. Maybe a few Eastern European companies like the Benelux countries, say, "Look, we're going to let you combine your league, and you can create a top division for all those, and the winner of that can start in the Europa League." Here, it- and so I think if if you trigger these changes in the Champions League, I think eventually you'll trigger changes to the domestic league structures as well. It's probably a whole other podcast. Yeah, I also think at that point they might open the top five leagues to get co- you know, have certain feeder leagues from other countries. What, they'll always they'll keep regionalizations the, as they'll well. They'll always have the top five leagues because, as I said, I think they're like majors. But once you've cut Premier League down to 16, you have less, technically much more quality. You might see uh, Premier League 2, but what will make it even better? Celtic would make it even better. Yeah. Even a club, you know, so much we don't like, the Rangers coming in more TV money so on so i think the top riots
0: of course
2: i think the top five leagues of course if you do this they want. they might be opened up a little bit but I, that's 10 15 years down the line but that's that's how i see it going so it's, it, I,
0: i'm i'm interested in how like i think that's your workings really good what i'd say is i think you're probably not far from from what will potentially happen i'm afraid i'm not but, but what i could see happening after that is the whole saturation thing again and it eventually mm-hmm. resetting back to a knockout fucking game. <laughs> because people get bored of leagues. People get bored of the you same... S- you'll comp- still have the knockout stages,
2: essentially. But yeah. you'll just, instead of playing 38 league games in... in Domestically, you'll play 30 and then you'll play 14 in Europe, but you'll still have the same knockout games. Because the knockout games, as you say, that, that's the box office.
0: Yeah, I mean, essentially, we're already seeing a shift in European... Fo- European football has been shifting since since 1992. It's continually shifted almost on a on a yearly basis, a season-by-season basis. You know, bringing in second group stages of the Champions League, changing the qualifiers, champions routes, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, playoff things. thingies. Um, I think saturation point with European football will come in about ten to fifteen years and then fingers crossed that's when we get the real reset and the real reset would be well do you, know, do you know what do you know what was great, fucking knockout football? Because that you just said it there, knockout football is the box office. I, I
2: think if this if there's a total arse collapse and the money just goes away, I, I think you might have a reset. Um because see, see these English clubs, right? I know we're not going to
0: just shit on English football, right? But these English clubs can't sustain themselves without that TV money. And if that TV money goes away very quickly, the debts that they have, and because the English market is so... Uh, it's you know it's like a bubble it's like a house but it's like a your house and market bubble you know people go fr- from you know harry mcguire going from manchester from from uh, leicester to manchester united if he was italian or german or spanish or belgian he wouldn't go for a, fucking, you know, a hundredth of what he meant for yeah but the fact is when that bubble busts bursts those transfer fees won't be happening anymore that's when i think potentially we could see a british league but you know, this is again. This is a. This is all.
2: Time we're going, this is the revolutionary over here. The, the system is going to collapse. Demand is going to win. Um, you seem to be on the capitalist side here. It's, it's, uh, <laughs> certainly not. <laughs> <laughs> I just. Do, do you think? But do you think? You think there is what do you think is a more plausible scenario here? Will there be a financial meltdown within the next fifteen years, or do you think it'll just? Rample, I think there rample, could be rample, both. Rample.
0: I think I think your what what your blueprint is probably right, but whether the meltdown that happens within the English league will affect it is you know questionable.
1: Yeah, I, I think I think you you could see a split between the sort of teams that that are dominant in their nations or in these newly regionalised leagues that you kind of suggest, and in the Champions League, a sort of split between the dominant teams and and a you know a may, potentially a return. To you know, grassroots and look, you know that kind of underground, rural grassroots return to back to basics sort of thing that you see. You <laughs> You're seeing a, a lot of post clips. You're seeing a lot of post Exactly. So I, I think there could be a reaction like that. Although I, I think there will always be um, an increasingly you know dominant. Sector of 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 teams that dominate their leagues and dominate their competitions. I think that, sadly that that's the way the sport's been allowed to go. And I think yeah. could... Celtic are going to have a, a, a choice to make though. Well, Celtic. Celtic are in, a, in yeah. an interesting position, I think, with regards to this because not not quite at the super club level, but dominant in their own
2: league and and
1: considered a brand and a you know part of that heritage. I'd say the second tier. I think we are a second tier club. And,
2: and what you're saying about you, you know you. you doing something with Martin Freeland in terms of what Celtic should be about. I think this plays right into it because I think because of what Celtic, essentially the brand, as much as we don't like that word, they're not from a league or in a position where you think they would have the ability to, to get into this elite. But because Celtic is what it is, there is a chance for Celtic to join that elite in this scenario. So it's really interesting how you say that, no, that's not what Celtic is about. I think there would be a, big split if it's i mean there's that thing you tangled this enormous carrot in front of celtic fans saying look you can actually become a super club here if you agree to these things play your cards right peter lowe is on the board as daniel says i think celtic is a really really unique position not it's, it's one it's, it's, it's a big dilemma there for a lot of people i think i i, I agree with you i would love t- celtic to take a stand will they do it no Daniel gavin no.
0: They're not They're not taking a stand to just defend our supporters from the fucking pyro stuff, but they'll probably make prints and sell it in the club shop. Amen. And on that bombshell, uh, any final points, Daniel?
1: Well, I was just going to say, I think this is part of, and and you could go on for many, many hours, and I'm sure... I, I of- think
2: maybe we'll look at some of the domestic leagues in the future yeah. as yeah. well, but it's, yeah, it's this international break, but it's just been, I think, as I said, I don't think a uh, European Super League will never ha- ever happen. It's a negotiation tool, but also the ECA... Somebody to keep an eye on because you know they have a lot of power and they have power because they're recognised and because they have so many club members now. I
1: think that I think that all of this is is part of a of wider, you know, political and economic and social trends oh. that we see. You know, football's reflecting a lot of a lot of aspects of culture. Just like but, the Joker. Just like that wonderful film The Joker. <sighs> and on that bombshell, Daniel McGowan, pleasure as always, sir. Thank you very much. Uh, I thought this was very interesting and you know, credit to Christian I think there's a lot of hard work there.
0: A lot of hard work Christian Wolf. genuinely thank you for your time thank and you for effort. You
2: let me talk about European and I think it league and governance.
0: We can maybe look at more more things of this variety as we oh. go down the road.
1: I was thinking, actually, could we have a European Works Council for the Senate? Because we have people in a no, number I'm, of different countries. No, that- no I'm There's into. already
2: been uh, certain things said to the management. And the management oh. has listened, I oh, think. Okay. That's so good. That's uh, good. we'll see how the management is uh, behaving. The, the management says no. <laughs> <Okay>.
0: <laughs> <laughs> this has been Focus on European Governance.